Amen. Thank you, Charm. Okay, good morning, everyone. Okay, so day 61, day 61 into 100 days of prayer, and this morning's topic is enemies. Love your enemies. I wonder if you were given 20 minutes this morning. This really just popped in my head as Carmen was praying there. If you were given 20 minutes this morning talking about enemies, what would you do with that 20 minutes? Would you just rant for 20 minutes? Like, if I've, got, I've got the floor, and I could just tell you about my enemies. I'll name them, shame you, put pictures up on the slides. We'll boo them. We'll run them out. But, of course, none of them's in Willowfield, of course. None of them are in Willowfield. Um, you're too nice in here. But what would you do? What would you do with those 20 minutes? And what would you say? What would you say about your enemies? And would you put this into the same sentence? Would you love your enemies? Sounds crazy, but would you love your enemies? Well, that sounds crazy. Well, that's what Luke 6 is about. So page 862 in your Bible, your pew Bibles, um, 862, and you will find um, what Jesus teaches on what you should do with your enemies. So we're going to read from verse 27 to verse 36. So we kind of break in here in uh, Luke chapter 6 and Jesus' sermon on the mount. So 8, 6 to Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 27. I'll read this, then I'll pray, and then we'll unpack it together. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your coat, don't withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who who takes away your good, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that for you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Let's pray before we unpack this together. God, thank you for your word. What a challenging word this is today. Will you prepare our hearts and will you transform our hearts as we work our way through this passage? I ask now, humbly, for your help, for you by your Holy Spirit to come and bring these words to life and impact hearts in this place. We ask this in your name and for your glory. And everyone said... Amen. Okay, I want you to turn back to Luke chapter 6, page 862, and we'll read that again, because I I think I read that in the wrong version there. Did you notice that that was the wrong? Because it seems to say, love your enemies there, which is clearly a misprint. So we'll read it in a different version, okay? So here's here's a better version. Luke chapter 6, hate your enemies. Hate your enemies. Hate those who hate you. Curse those who curse you. Refuse to pray for anyone who has ever mistreated you. If someone slaps you in the cheek, make sure you don't get caught twice. Be the first to defend yourself or retaliate. If someone takes your coat, pursue them until you get it back. Or never forget that they took your nice coat. Give to everyone who asks, as long as they are a friend, not a foe, and definitely not that person that stole your coat. Do to others what you would have them do to you. But remember, you shouldn't trust everyone in life. People are often out for themselves. So guard yourself, protect yourself, Watch out for yourself. 
There's a message we could get behind this morning, I think. That's what I expect. That's not a very churchy thing to admit, but I'll admit what you're all thinking when we read Love Your Enemies. That would sound better. That would be easier to apply. That would be how we expect Luke chapter 6 to go. Like if Jesus is doing his most famous sermon on the mount, you expect that, not what we read this morning. So this is day, as I said, day 61. So I had to edit the slide for this today, to love your friends and hate your enemies. Day 61, praying for your enemies. How do you feel about that? How do you feel if you were to use the day to pray for your enemies? How do you feel about Luke chapter 6, love your enemies? Because in this one passage, Jesus, literally in this one passage, Jesus turns thousands of years of thinking on its head. What we would describe as unnatural or and a normal response, Jesus says, no, that's natural and that's normal in the kingdom of God. As I said, this is his Sermon on the Mount. We're more used to it in Matthew's account, but this is his most famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount. And how some people describe this is, is the manifesto for the kingdom, which basically means if you want to live in the kingdom of God, if you want to live as a Christian, then this is how you are supposed to live. This is how you are supposed to love. And these are the people that you are supposed to love. Your enemies. How do you feel about that? Because it seems easy to follow the Bible's teaching. And it seems easy to follow Jesus' teaching until you get to this bit about loving your enemies. Because here's the thing. No one will admit this in church this morning. But there are certain people in our life how should we put this, that are just difficult, that kind of stretch us, that are sent to test us. I think that's the Christian way we describe our enemies, isn't it? Don't nudge anyone beside you this morning if you fall in that category. Here's the Greek word. If you look up the Greek word for enemy, here's what it says. Enemy is someone who is openly hostile, animated by deep-seated hatred, with a bent on inflicting harm. So that's what an enemy is in Luke chapter 6. That's that Greek word. That's exactly what it means there in verse 27. So that's what it means. That's what it looks like. Now can you put a name to it? Put a name to that enemy. Who is that person? Where is he? Where is she? Where are they? Where are they? But you were in church this morning. So we would say... Mark, I don't hate anyone. I don't hate anyone at all. I don't have an enemy. Not me. Other people in other churches might hate some people, but not me in Willowfield. I just love people in Willowfield and outside of Willowfield. Others might have enemies, but not, not me in Willowfield. I just can't help but be nice all the time to everyone that I meet. So don't you worry, Mr. Aggressive Driver, on my way to church this morning. May the Lord bless you. May he bless you on your onward journey today. Because I don't have enemies. I don't. Don't you worry, Mrs. 20 items in a 10 item or less queue. Don't you worry. I'll just stand behind you. I'll just be patient. I'll just love on you. And I'll just pray for you. May the Lord bless you, sister. Never worry that person who borrowed that item from me and never give it back. Because I'll just get another. I'll find it in my heart to love. Because I don't have enemies. Don't you worry, broken world, with all your violence and with all your hatred and with those that exploit. 
Because I won't be put down by that. I'll still love my enemies. Don't you worry, terrorist group who are motivated by campaigns of violence. Don't you worry, terrorist group who have marred and scarred our land for years and centuries and decades with your violence and with your bombings and with your shootings and with your sectarian violence. Don't you worry, terrorist groups who have tried to persecute the church and killed the church because I'll somehow find in my heart a way to love because I don't have enemies. Don't you worry, insensitive person who always talks about their fabulous life and job and family. Even though you should see in my eyes that I am struggling, I'll still smile and I'll still find a way to love you because I don't have enemies. Don't you worry, person who insulted me, hurt me, wronged me, upset me, wounded me. I will still love you because I don't. I don't. Please believe me, I don't have enemies. And even if I did, I would find it easy to forgive them and to love them just like Jesus says in this passage. You see, there's the problem with this passage because we all can identify. Some of those things are funny, but also some of those things are dead serious. Some of those things are real and raw and there's wounds in our life this morning. That's why loving our enemies is difficult. That's why Luke 6 is a gift to preach but it's so difficult to figure out how we're supposed to apply this together. Because it's easy to love people who love us back. We get that. It's easy to love the lovable or the likable or the lovely. It's easy to love those that we are naturally attracted to or drawn to or that we have some kind of chemistry with. But that's not what Jesus is saying in this passage. That's not the people Jesus is telling us to love in this passage. And that's not even the type of love that Jesus is describing in this passage. The type of love that Jesus is describing in this passage is called agape love. Agape love. Here's what Hughes says of that type of love. Such a love is not motivated by merit. Other loves like affection and romance and friendship, well, they come quite naturally and they come quite easily. He continues, but agape love supersedes natural inclinations and often exists in spite of them. Agape love is a deliberate love rooted in the will, a love by choice. Agape love says, I will love this person because by God's grace, I choose to love this person. So if you want to live in the kingdom of God, if you want to be a Christian, If you want to love like Jesus tells us, according to Luke chapter 6, then Jesus is saying that you are to choose deliberately to love someone who is hostile towards you, and you are to love that person in spite of their deep-seated hatred. And that sounds crazy to me. I'm sure that sounds crazy to you as well. And Jesus says, don't stop there. Because I guess in a sense it would be easy to love people like just that through gritted teeth, you know, like begrudging type love that we have. I can love anybody as long as they're not in the same room as me, as long as I don't have to interact with them, as long as they're not in my space, I'll just ignore them and I'll forget about them. But that's not what Jesus says in this passage. Jesus tells us to do three things. So it's not enough just to show love in this passage. The first thing to do is show love, verse 27. Speak love, verse 28a. So when I say a, that's like the first half of that sentence. And then pray love, 28b. That's the second half of that sentence. Three things. There's your three things you need to do this week. Show some love, speak some love, pray some love. 
but to your enemies. Not to the people you like, to your enemies. I wonder how easy that is for you to do. I'll just be dead honest, because all I know how to be is just dead honest. And I'm preaching this kind of understanding that you, your thoughts and eyes are burning into me saying, seriously, Mark, this is, this is the teaching. Love my enemies this week. Show love, speak love, and pray love. Because here's what I find. When I know that someone hates me or someone is against me or someone has wronged me, I find it so much easier to hold rage or hate or bitterness or anger in my heart. And that's okay because it's in my heart. You can't see my heart. And it's okay because it's in my heart. What harm is it doing in my heart? Like all I'm doing with it in my heart is just, just holding on to this hurt and holding on to this rage and holding on to this pain. And some of that might be completely justifiable. And all I'll do is I'll, 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 just, I'll just hold on to it for a little bit longer. No one sees it. I'll just dwell on what had happened. I'll just dwell on what was said or what was done. I'll, I'll just dream up some scenarios of what I might say to get even. Or if that person ever walked into my life, I, I know exactly what I'll say to them because I've rehearsed it and played it over and played it over and played it over in my head as to what I will do or what I will say. Show love. I'll not show love. I'll show zero emotion towards some people. Speak love. No, they're getting none of my words. None of my words they will get. Not even one. I'll not even look. They're not even getting the time of the day. All but the side of the street. All but the side of the church. All but the side of the world. I, I don't want them. I don't need. Pray for them. Pray. Well, unless it's like, God, will you smite them? I, I'm, I'm not praying. I can't pray love. How do you pray love? How do you pray love for your enemies? I said this before at one of the evening services, but whenever we hold resentment or anger or rage, what we're actually doing is swallowing poison and we are waiting for the other person to die. You swallow the poison of rage, you swallow the poison of bitterness, you swallow the, ang- the, the poison of anger and you just wait for the other person to die. You know and I know that's not how it works. It kills us. That stuff that's in our heart will destroy us. It will destroy us. This isn't an easy sermon. Not an easy sermon. Because you've been hurt and I've been hurt. And it sounds too easy to stand here and say, do you know what? Put it all on one side and just love. Just love. This is not an easy sermon to work through. So maybe it was easier for the people in Luke, in Luke chapter 6. Of course it's easier for people in the Bible. They're kind of closer to Jesus than you. It's easy for Jesus, he's perfect. Easier for the disciples because they got to hang out with Jesus for three whole years. It's easier for these guys listening to the Sermon on the Mount because they just were there. They just know church. They just got it easier. Things were simpler back then. But that's not exactly true because there was a code in the Bible. There was a code that dated back thousands of years. It dated back to the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. That's thousands of years earlier. And here was the code. You find it in Exodus chapter 21. Verse 23 says this. 23, 24, and 25 say this. Life for life. Eye for eye. Tooth for tooth. Hand for hand. Foot for foot. Burn for burn. Wind for wind. Bruise for bruise. That was the code they lived by. I like that code. 
Why did Jesus have to come along in Luke chapter 6 and change all that? Because that's what he did. And in Luke chapter 6, for the first time in thousands of years, he comes along and turns that upside down, turns it on its head. And that is the kingdom of the God. The kingdom of heaven is upside down. Upside down way of thinking. This is how you're supposed to be if you are a Christian. Show love, speak love, pray love. I once read an email, um, came through as an emergency prayer for a group of missionaries who were out in this tribal area. Really rough, really tough, unreached, violent area. They were there, giving up everything to be there. There with family, there with young family, there with friends, giving up the comforts that we know as comforts. And this prayer request came through. Goes like this. This is true. It's not made up. It's not some of these preacher things that we make up. This is true. Here's here's how the email went. We have been surrounded by a mob wielding machetes for two whole days now. They've given us 24 hours to get out or they will kill everyone in the compound, including children. Please pray for us. How would you finish that? Please pray for us because we feel the Holy Spirit is telling us not to leave. Because the work still isn't finished. Where do you get people like that? How do you look at a violent group with machetes and say, the calling on my life to be here and to serve here is greater than the calling even on my life? How do you get that? Where do these type of people come from? And even how do you love your enemy this week? This is one of the hardest messages that I have not had to write on or preach on or study for, but figure out how on earth do we apply this? And the only way that I know to do that is to point to Jesus. It's the only way I know how to do this. Because Jesus didn't simply preach a message, a sermon here. He lived it out. Jesus had 12 disciples. One of those disciples betrayed him, directly handing Jesus over to his enemy. Another disciple, well, he hated the enemies and he hated this group and he hated the mob that came to get Jesus. He whips out a sword in some crazy mood, move, cuts off a guy's ear to try to defend Jesus. Jesus says no. And Jesus goes with the crowd. That same guy, Peter, who cut off Jesus' ear, later denies Jesus three times. The other 10 of them, they're not much better because whenever trouble comes, they run for their lives. Jesus is brought before some of the most powerful political figures in the known world. And they interrogate him. They ridicule him. They mock him. Then soldiers beat him, spit on him, mock him, gamble for his clothes, strip him naked, nail him to a cross, barely alive. And still they hurl insults at him. When Jesus looked at his executioners, eyeball to eyeball, he said, Father, forgive them. When people did him harm, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. When people crushed him and mistreated him, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. When Jesus was slapped in the face, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. When they took the clothes off his back, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Jesus showed agape love. He chose to love his enemies. And you know what is probably the hardest part or the harder part of this message, this sermon? 
I know that I have been hostile towards God. So I'm kind of in that grip as well. Like I am what drove Jesus to a cross because of my hostile nature. You don't believe that? Read Romans 8, 7. The sinful nature is always hostile towards God. It never did obey God. That's us in our sinful state. So here, as I wrap up the sermon, I have no, here's six things you need to do. There's just, there's just three things. But practically, I've, I've, I've really got nothing practical for us. I need the Holy Spirit to come. And you need the Holy Spirit to come and just be at work in your heart and your life and change and transform you. Because here's what I walk away with today. I walk away from here today saying, I'm not great at loving my enemies. I'm not great at speaking words of love or praying loving prayers over my enemies. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, with God's grace, I want to be more like Jesus. And I want to love because my generation, your generation, our generation, the generations below us need something more than the hatred that is in our world that needs love. But it needs something more than the warm, fuzzy type love that is out there. It needs a love so deep, so unconditional that God in love sent Jesus, his only son, who did no wrong to set foot in this earth, full of his enemies, and still he willingly went to the cross to die for his enemies. Why? So that we could have a friendship with God. 1 John 4, 10 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So as I think about my enemies, I think about myself and I think about how I was an enemy towards God. I think how God loves me and then how I love other people. And I'm humbled by that and broken by that. So this week, The challenge to me, show love, speak love, pray love. The challenge to you, show love, speak love, pray love. Holy Spirit, will you come now? And I thank you that you're so gentle. I thank you that you're so soft and loving and patient and long-suffering with us. Expose those things in our hearts. And I guess this morning, as we stand before a communion table, as we stand before the cross, I guess my enemies fade, in a sense, and some of them have done crazy things, horrible things. But I come to the cross, and I think about my sin and my hostility towards you, and the fact that I was an enemy. And I'm just thankful that you loved me. I'm just thankful in your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness that you loved your enemies with such a deep, deep love like no other. And now we can stand before you as friends. And may that be something that motivates us this week as we look how Jesus loved his enemies. May that be how we think this week. So Spirit, help us apply this message. Help us to be better. In your name I pray. Amen. Bless you.